Frequency, frequency, frequency matters. the Frequency Matters podcast. Um, thank you so much for being here today. This oh, is thank a- you so much for having me. I am delighted to have you. This is Kimberly Shipkey. Did I say that correctly? You did. Excellent. Um, this is episode six of the Frequency Matters podcast, where we dive into um, different avenues of using sound and light frequencies on the body and their impact. So I'm super excited to have you on the show. I've been following your work for years, but to kick things off, can you please introduce yourself? Tell us a little about your background and um, where, how you got to where you are today. Um, okay, well, in a little bit in a nutshell, my, I received my bachelor's and master's in biomedical engineering, and my first job was overseeing clinical trials for big pharmaceutical companies. So I would listen to how many people died in the study, how many people's faces are twitching, tongue swollen, and all of this more chemistry-based medicine. And it was through my own health crisis that kind of led me more to alternative therapies when, you know, hospitals and doctors and tests don't give you answers, then you start to look elsewhere. And I'd always wanted to, you know, learn more about acupuncture when I was in school. I thought that was pretty fascinating, and especially as seeing the body like an instrument, um, you know, putting these little pieces of metal into the body. I was like, oh, well, it helps conduct electricity and charge. Like it, it made sense. And I'd always wanted to try it. So I started um, off on kind of a healing journey th- with, with acupuncture and homeopathy and, um, and using different light systems. And it worked, you know, I felt like a brand new person. And so I was like, how did this work? And um, I was able to start working at, at a biofield lab in India, and the first technology that I used to study the biofield or the energy around a person was a thermal imaging camera. So I could I was watching Qigong masters increase the temperature in the palms of their hands in seconds, and uh, watching acupuncture you know relieve the heat in a person's knee that's really inflamed. So that really blew my mind. And in 2011, I met Eileen McCusick at a, at a conference and she started using tuning forks like sonar in the biofield. So she's kind of pinging starting from about the edge of my field where uh, the magnetosphere of the planet or the heliosphere of the sun, that kind of double layered charge boundary would be. And I could feel my body responding to it. And it was one of those things where I was like, well, if I'm studying the biofield, I definitely need to also understand the sonic aspect of of the biofield um and so i took the, her class in 2012 and then began teaching in 2017 and taught through 2020 and when everything shut down that's when i started uh, building my laser for co- to add coherent light to the system so i've been uh, patenting this green laser using that middle of the spectrum, helping to kind of neutralize some of the charge that I've found in the field with tuning forks and uh, have just found that using both of them together in combination, I can get, you know, so much more work done, recognizing that giving the body coherent input when we're so used to being surrounded by noise, um, it's just, you know, it's it's been an incredible process of of learning over the last few years and going more to physics rather than chemistry because Albert Einstein says physics trumps chemistry. That's so fascinating. Thank you so much for sharing. So can you explain a little bit what does that mean to you when he says physics trumps chemistry? Well when I was studying chemistry one of the things that you learn is the where the charge for the molecules are that you're going to have a more positive end you're going to have a more negative end you're going to have different side chains that'll have particular charge and so it's like a magnet or it'll have a particular affinity to certain things so then i started seeing how things don't just kind of do to do fall into place they're like magnets they're magnetically drawn and and so i looked at chemistry as um you know, if you're studying electricity, looking at one electron 
moving along a line at a time rather than looking at the current of the electricity going through it's like well you can't absorb calcium unless you've got vitamin d and you're trying you're trying to go like back in time rather than trying to get like a frequency or or the physics of it because if you change uh, the field then you can change the particle Um, and same thing as well the particle can change the field so just like how our environments can change us but how we can also change our environments that's Um, awesome it based in physics cool yeah that makes so much sense when you explain it that way it's like chemistry is the building blocks but if you're if you're ignoring like what it's building or what's holding it together you're you're missing a big part of like the whole puzzle basically yeah Yeah. there's a a lot of electromagnetic you know forces that are holding these molecules together yeah and they resonate at certain frequencies so if you can also use physics you can also resonate with those you can create you can create man-made you can create a frequency that's going to resonate with certain things and then train it to and let it resonate with you and then train it to go down to a stop for example so you can change things within within the body that's one of the things that i do with tuning forks where i'll resonate with a person's adrenals and they'll be like bouncing all over the place because with all of this anxiety and the, the more that we bring in this physics and we're, and we're broadcasting the sound back to the body, it's like, wow, I sound like that. And then the body is able to, you know, and train to this more coherent input and calm down. So people can feel that stillness, you know, on the inside rather than having this undercurrent of uh, adrenaline pumping through their system and they can rest and digest. Beautiful. Yes, I love this stuff. I'm so fascinated by especially the science part of it because I intuitively know that it works and I've experienced it myself and I've experienced others having positive and amazing benefits from frequency healing and just I don't have that medical background. So to me, like having experts in the field tell me why it's working is just so exciting because it's like proof of what what I know is is happening, but don't really comprehend on a (laughs) on a (laughs) scientific level. So I'm I'm so glad that you can explain it in such a simple way. Well, I'm doing my best. (laughs) Yeah. So you, I love the, um, it sounds like you've had such like an amazing background. You've worked with some really powerful leaders in this, in this field. Um, how did you first, like, I know you kind of, you kind of summarized your story quite a bit over, you know, the last 10 years or whatever, but how did you get into, uh, like what originally brought you into like having interest in this field? So when I was overseeing those clinical trials, I had gone on vacation to California. And when I was at a Mexican restaurant, I started to not feel very well. And I was going to go to the restroom and I ended up having a seizure and I, and I fell out. I was twitching on the floor. I stopped breathing. I turned purple. Wow. He had to give me mouth to mouth. I literally died, which is a blessing. I know, (laughs) you know, it sounds dramatic, but you know, I'm I'm here and (laughs) and it's the blessing that's, that's made my, you know, given me purpose really. Wow. Um, and really woke me up. So it was, I had a couple of seizures and they ran, took me to the hospital, ran $10,000 worth of tests. So, you know, they're like, you're low on potassium, but other than that, you know, we don't know what it could possibly be. They said, we know you don't have insurance, but it, it could be a CAT scan. I mean, it could be a brain tumor. Do you want to pay for a CAT scan? And I was like, mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> like them saying brain tumor did not resonate at all. I was like, no, I don't think that's the problem. Let me just get out of here. And, and it was through, um, you know, going to Boulder Colorado and and meeting with a chiropractor and um he had asked me you know what what medication I was on and the only thing that I took was the pill the pill of all pills I say the pill right and I know what you mean (laughs) you know yeah birth control so that had been depositing little residues in my pineal gland and so he was asking me do you have this do you have this do you have this and he listed off five or six things and I was like how do you know my life Yes, all of those things are happening to me right now. And so I stopped taking the pill. He gave me some homeopathic drops to clear my the residue that had been building up in my brain. 
And then he shined a green light on me and had me think about um, age four. And age four is when I moved from Ohio to Mississippi for the first time. And when I first moved to Mississippi, I did not think they were speaking English. I didn't understand them. I was in a whole new world. And so I was like, okay, I can understand why four would come up because of the, the big culture shock for me. So, I, and it worked, you know, after that kind of combination of things, I felt like a brand new person. I didn't get dizzy standing up or laying down. It was just, it was, it blew my mind. Um, and so I was like, how did this work? You know, it would took less than a hundred dollars yeah. um, <laughs> for these drops in this, in this visit. And I'm like a brand new person. How did this work? And so the conference, it's the International Society for the Study of Subtle Energy and Energy Medicine, I seem, uh, that was going on in Boulder and well, outside of Boulder in Westminster, Colorado. Um, there was a lot of, you know, amazing scientists there. I got to meet Bill Tiller um, and Beverly Rubick and who wrote the biofield hypothesis. I, I met Elizabeth Rauscher, who worked on the Stanford Stanford Research Institute's um, Stargate project and had designed an external pacemaker. And, you know, she she definitely was a big inspiration to me. And I had asked her, I said, you know, can I, I'm trying to learn more about, you know, this field of science. Can I come spend a week with you? And, and Elizabeth said, sure, of course, she could use some help around the house. She's in her mid seventies. And um, so I came and cooked and cleaned and, you know, sat in her living room and with walls lined with books. And I kept looking at this one book over and over and over again. And finally it was like spiral bound. I finally pulled it off the shelf and she had printed out all of Nikola Tesla's patents and had them bound herself. Wow. Cool. <laughs> and that was the one that I couldn't stop looking at. Um, she started the very first Nikola Tesla society in the, the whole United States. And, you know, in any university, she started the very first one. She's, you know, his big one, you know, obviously his biggest fan, she got things kickstarted. So um, spending a month with her, I learned a lot of amazing things. And, um, and then I was also invited to be Valerie Hunt's assistant for a week in Malibu. She wrote, uh, she did some of the first research into the chakras or the nerve plexus that are along the vagus nerve. Um, she did the first research into microvoltage changes along those areas back in the 1970s, like I wow. said. So, um, you know, I like to, um, I, I'm a nerd if you haven't been <laughs> already. Um, and, I, and I always love learning new things and, and especially from women who've been powerhouses in the field and, you know, busting doors open. Those are, you know, my inspiration. So. That's awesome. I love it. And I love your like go-getter uh, <laughs> attitude. Well, I was also really upset that I didn't learn about any of this and my whole like bachelor's and master's degree in biomedical engineering. I'm like, why are we not learning about acupuncture? Like, why are we not learning about these energy channels that are going through the body? Yeah. Like, look what that did. Like, look how much that saved my life. And it was five little needles, not pills for the rest of my life. Like they were trying to tell me, I'm like, no, this is unacceptable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I would love, you know, for this curriculum to get, you know, more into the universities, um, you know, and I know where they a lot of their funding comes from, but I also hope they can be open-minded to uh, other things outside of the box. Yes. I think I, I see the future. <laughs> I see a future where that is, that that's happening and it's on its way. So we're, we're on our way, that's whether it. or not it's like part of that or just some side thing. I think it's, we're on our way, I believe. Yeah. So I want to hear more about your, your laser, the spectrochrome. Am I saying that? The spectrochrome laser. Yes. Um, so when I was with Elizabeth um, with that, that month in Arizona, we went up to visit Steve Ross of the World Research Foundation, and he gave me a couple of books. He said, your angels told my angels to give you these books. And one was Spectrochrometry Encyclopedia by oh, wow. Gadiali, <laughs> and Let There Be Light, uh, which is by his son, Darius Dinshaw. They were both Zoroastrians. Um, Steve also gave me a a dissertation by Mayor Master Moose called Rainbow Colors of Light. 
And little did I know a year later, I would be in Mumbai meeting Mayor Master Moose, <laughs> his book that I had been reading. That's awesome. I'd studied with the Zoroastrians for, for many, many years, eight, about eight and a half years. I was going to India. Can I, uh, can I interrupt you? I don't sure. know that. I'm not familiar with that term. Can you tell me more about that? Zoroastrians are one of the oldest cultures on the planet. Some say it is the oldest, but you know, who, who really knows the truth? Sure. Um, uh, they talk about, and the Christian tradition, they talk about the three magi who came to visit at the birth of Christ. And magi is the name for Zoroastrian priest. Oh. Wow. And so they were the ones who who knew who that this child would be special and knew to came to come and bring him gifts. Okay. Um, and so they have a cosmogenesis and they talk about the different planets and the different religions. Um, and so they knew that Christianity was coming in, so they knew to give those gifts. So it's it's very old. If you look and you look up Zoroastrian um in Google, you'll see a symbol and you'll be like, Oh, I know I've seen that somewhere. Okay. Cool. I'll check it well, out. And here's here's one of the books. So this is kind of the symbol there. You'll see. Okay. And this mm. is one of their books. It's the Divine Universal Natural Laws of Light and Sound. Wow. And that sounds they talk, interesting. They talk about uh, green light in this book as well. How they had, you know, meat in one room with green light and just meat in another. And this one would rot and this one did not rot. And they mentioned in this in this book. Um, so I named my laser after uh, spectrochrome, laser after spectrochrometry. In this work, what they did was they always started using uh, green. If somebody came in needing healing, they would always try just green just to help try to bring the body to homeostasis. Okay. And then if they that a certain part of their body still needed to be stimulated, then they would use like red light over the liver, for example, or they would use a purple light to help relax a part of the body if it's still overactive. But um, there were certain contraindications for red. You don't want to overstimulate a person's nervous system. So um, I feel like ever since 2020, everybody's central nervous system has been pretty well shot. Um, so I'd wanting to steer a little clear from red just because people could overdose. And then same thing with blue, blue indigo violets. Those can, you know, relax the circulatory system, relax the in immune system. So I wanted to focus more on green because there's no contraindications. Uh, it helps bring people to that happy neutral. And what I find is that it also helps working you know, not just like if you have pain and it's really hot to help re reduce the heat or if there's, you know, nerve pain and it's getting cold, you can use the laser and it'll help stimulate it, but also for emotional things. So I call the heart the quantum core processor. There's a lot of neurites in your heart so that your heart has memory. And so <clears throat> if I think back to a memory and it still makes me sad or it still makes me angry, I can use the laser, place that there on the heart and go back in time and try to feel it to heal it and and see how it neutralizes the charge Poof, of that memory so that when I think back to that memory it just feels like that happened mm -hmm. rather than getting all charged about it so mm -hmm. then if something very similar were to happen then you know I'm not going to come from a charged place I'm going to have I'm going to feel very neutral and I'll just be able to observe what's happening rather than trying to you know getting all electric and responsive get triggered right okay that's cool yeah so gotta, uh want to try to untrigger people yes <laughs> the world peace yes wouldn't that be nice right uh, does it work um like do you do virtual sessions or how do you do do you have to be like in really close proximity to it um i do sessions from a distance i do like it's surprising also to myself you know people have been able to send photos and I've been able to use the laser on, on certain you know parts of the body if they send sending photos you can work on the whole system so I I can do this work from a distance um I, I also do tuning and lasers from a distance that's most often what the work that I do um I also do some work with houses and some biogeometry I do a lot of like really wild stuff but um but yes you can you can use use it from a distance and in person and you can put it all the way up to the skin so a lot of people ask you know can I put it directly up to the body mm -hmm. and you can but if you want to like cover more space then you can back it out a little bit and you can cover more surface area if you're um, just shining it around I also like to shine it on the hand because the whole body is there in the hand 
also on the ear the whole body is is represented there like in reflexology that type of thing so you can lay down with a pillow and a lot of my friends they just they'll shine it on their ear it helps balance the pituitary and the pineal so you can also lay down and, and like have a pillow and let that just shine on the top of your head your pituitary is your master gland so if your master is you know kind of a slave driver <laughs> can help and calm down or if you know your master's kind of sleeping and not really like doing much then you can also wake him up and be like hey let's get this show on the road i like that that's so cool so what about feet i imagine the feet map to the body too yeah absolutely do the bottoms of the feet i've had um it's interesting i had a a family member actually had an uncle who you know thought didn't believe in the work that i was doing but he also Mm -hmm. had neuropathy in the bottoms of his feet and so i started shining the laser on his feet and it wasn't even a minute he's like wow I can feel that I can my my feet are tingling wow and he's like my big toe no it's really tingling no 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 no, it's really tingling and then he had me turn it off because he he felt so much happening and so I was like oh you didn't think this would do anything (laughs) that's so fascinating Uh, so I know with like uh, most healing processes that are not like you know are uh, taking a pill um i believe a lot of it comes with the you know you have to tie in the power of intention so if you don't believe something's gonna work usually it won't work right so that that can happen yeah but what you're saying is that he didn't believe it was gonna work and it worked it still worked (laughs) that's really amazing it definitely did and i had a, a friend who had cut her fingertip off with a rotary saw and she came up, she's like, Kimberly, every time I close my eyes, I'm cutting my fingertip off again. And so oh I held, held it to her chest. She closed her eyes. It was less than 30 seconds. She opened it up her eyes. She's like, okay, I'm good. And <laughs> then she had a whole, her finger wrapped up with so much gauze. It was the size of like a big marshmallow and the laser didn't touch her skin at all. It went through the gauze. It just worked in the energy field, which a lot of people also, they can't believe they're like, but if it doesn't go into the skin, how could it possibly work? <laughs> you know, cause we were working in the field. Mm-hmm. So I was working in the field and she pulled her hand away really fast. She's like, Oh no, I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't want me to hold it there for too long because it was so sensitive. It was waking up that like healing, like cell division, like let's, let's get going. And you can hardly tell that, you know, anything's even happened to that fingertip, but, um, and she used the rotary saw three days later and she said Kimberly I wasn't afraid to use it wow so it also helps for future things too so if you're thinking about something in the future and it's coming up and you're getting uh, anxious about this thing it can also help kind of allay those fears a little bit that's amazing so I was going to ask you about the like the length of time like how long it takes but you mentioned already once your what's uncle with a one minute within one minute (laughs) and your friend in 30 seconds like that's incredible so is there any like scripted prescripted time length of time that you use it on each part or not necessarily you know I I tend to say you know try five minutes see how you feel and then you know go another five minutes if you feel like you you want to um you know I I had a friend who's the palm of their hand a certain spot got really tingly so I showed him on the reflexology map I said this relates to your stomach Mm -hmm. and and so he says he hadn't had a bowel movement in three days out comes the truth and so then he I said okay we'll just keep shining it there and then you know again like a minute or two later he's like okay it stopped tingling he said can I turn it off I said yeah if it stopped tingling, <laughs> it off you know and and so then I got a full report the next day about his bowel movements but yeah <laughs> but yeah I mean you can yeah I do that sometimes with my hand I'm like okay if I feel it tingling and it's kind of like you know you're done it's like hmm. you, same thing with the emotional you know if I'm holding it there I might play through like the big picture of the of the memory and see how I feel and then I might want to go a little bit more into more detail of the memory of like well and then I was standing here and then this was said and then that you know and then you can go deeper into that into those Mm -hmm. memories into the charge as you feel comfortable you know kind of going and going there (laughs) you know really feeling those things but um yeah it's it's been kind of and then there's a lot of things that people don't know you know I don't know what this bump is on my finger can you know can I shine it on that and they shine it on this bump on their finger and it's gone so they didn't go to the doctor they didn't you know not to condoning that by any means but like I don't know we don't even know what it was that it helped yeah or what I'm saying yeah Uh, 
So is there any like, um, like don't use it for longer than a certain amount of time or? Um, I mean, in, in spectrochrometry, their color sessions were an hour. Wow. But there's also, you know, in what I've read, there's not really any overdosing on green. So you can't, you know, I've had friends who um, slept with it on so that it could work in their dream time and in their subconscious um, because it was their dream time was kind of where they were expending a lot of uh, a lot of their energy they'd wake up exhausted and they're like well in my dreams this was <laughs> yeah um, the laser um, has a USB and I tend to just have an external battery so if it needs to go for longer but um, I tend to use it for about an, you know, my hour long sessions. If I'm, you know, working through a person and we're going through, you know, something that's emotional, I know their emotions are going to get triggered. Then mm -hmm. I'll have the laser going for that whole session. So instead of, you know, them remembering it and then full on, you know, bawling it out or raging it out, <laughs> you know, we can, they can just be like, oh, this happened. They breathe and then oh, when we move on, you know, so it's a lot less um, of a roller coaster uh, when, when, you know, working through emotions, whatever they're doing. I know some people, I have a couple of friends who do EFT and tapping and they use that on, you know, if they're doing distance sessions, they'll have it on the picture of the person that they're working on, or they'll, you know, shine it at the feet of the person. So it's not too you know, in their face, but it's mm -hmm. uh, helping to keep them grounded in their connection to, you know, this big celestial body is nice and secure. So that's cool. Yeah, um, so more questions. Um, aside from emotional stuff, um, uh, can, can you kind of go over what other stuff I know you've mentioned a few things already, but what other things can people use it for? Would it be helpful? Well, I've, I got a message a couple of days ago that somebody was using it on their shingles. They were mm. putting vitamin E oil on it and then shining the laser through that. So I know that, you know, people, you know, can also put on face creams and they say that they put, you know, use the laser. It kind of helps like an injection almost to kind of like get that penetrate. deeper into, into the body. Um, so also I've had people use it on these uh, cranial nerves here on the side of the face that, that can really help. I've had, um, it just kind of stimulates a lot of things. I've also had people who put it here on their temple and their eye pressure improved. So they went to the eye doctor and they <clears throat> they say usually people either plateau or get worse and they don't go into the improvement. And so, you know, not shining it directly in their eyes, but they were shining it here on the side and, you know, they, they had that kind of shift and, and difference there. Um, we've worked on, um, like emotional things. I mean, more DNA, I guess I should say. So I worked on somebody, we had them look at an eye chart and saw what lines they could read. And then we had them think about their mother and we did a little bit of muscle testing, you know, seeing if their muscles remain strong when they're thinking about their mother or do their muscles get weak. Um, and so seeing that, you know, his muscles went really weak when he thought about his mother and then shining the laser um, onto just a hair sample, not even on him, on a sample of his DNA. And then did the same thing for the father and it also went weak, shined the laser onto his hair while he was thinking about his dad and that then checked and it was strong again. Um, and then we had him think about his parents together, same thing. And then him with his parents, same thing, repeated the process. And so by the time we finished like that trifecta, um, we went back in, had him do the eye chart. Again, it was less than a minute probably of having him think about these things and doing the testing. And his eyes improved two lines, both eyes improved two lines on the on the eye chart. Wow. So just by doing that kind of ancestral, and I like to also just think about the mother's enti enti entire line and the father's entire ancestral line. And so being really getting your thought bubbles as broad as you can so that you're encapsulating a lot more pe people as you can. So when you think about this whole line of people and this whole line of people, and they're all having a good time, <laughs> you know? We want to ima imagining them all having a good time and then seeing what shifts happen in, in, in a person's vision and their uh, overall energy. You know, we've had people in their 90s who were shining it into their bath, into their bath water, and they were like 
hey, I can climb the stairs at my apartment building without getting winded. Wow. And to them, that's a really big deal. Like you can, you can see like these little subtle shifts in a person like that. You know, people our age, we might not, you know, notice those little things, but at that age, you, that really is a diff makes a difference. Mm -hmm. So, um, um, I've also used it with crystals and shot being able crystals also have a coherent structure mm -hmm. and they are amplifiers. So being able to use the coherent light through the quartz crystal over scars, it really helps over scars. Uh, scars are like circuit breakers. So the electricity, you know, is coming down through the body and then it hits the circuit breaker and the electricity doesn't really know where to go. So it's really, um, made some dramatic shifts in some women with their uh, C-section scars for more electrical flow down to their legs and their ability to like walk and move and exercise and experience things. So, you know, it's definitely shifted and changed their, their life. So that's amazing. Very cool. So, um, I have, um, these smart light bulbs in my kitchen and I can change each light individually. There's five different lights or six different lights um is that diff like if i put them all green if i make them all green is that going to offer similar benefits to the laser that you're using or is there something different special about that kind of light i think it, it i think it could um i know that the the laser that i'm working with the the light source is is from the laser which is coherent so the the photons are all in phase with with each other, whereas that bulb sometimes they're working. Uh, I mean, I, not necessarily with the one that you're describing, but some like the Christmas bulbs where the bulb itself is is painted green. Oh. You know, that's going to be a different effect versus um, sure. kind of tuning into it. So it's just the difference of kind of a diffuse green versus the coherence, which is what I was, like I said, what's drawn to more so after working with the tuning forks, being drawn more to the coherent um, laser laser uh, output. And how can you like measure that, whether or not it's coherent? Well, the laser itself, you can you can just see that it's a coherent beam and that it doesn't spread out. So it's more of a, a visual. Okay. Um, being able to see that single beam come coming out of the laser okay cool i'm just thinking like there's got to be so many applications that are just like untapped opportunities it's exciting to think about like it, just even thinking like if they had them in like social workers office or a therapy session and just as or you're jails. talking you know, yeah. jails, I mean, I feel like that's probably a pretty rowdy, rowdy spot if they, if we could have, you know, green lasers systems set up there that they can like, you know, the room where they need to go chill out, you know, if they're yeah. all like, yeah, know, solitary and solitary green, you know, and be able right. to like neutralize. <laughs> like yeah. So that, that brings up an interesting question. Could you imagine or create a, just an entire small room where you're the whole room is that color and you get absolutely. into that space absolutely we talked about that like going into like buildings for example if you were to go into a, a nightclub and there's you know people their emotions can be all over the place so being able to walk into a space kind of neutralize your field before you start going and start interacting so that you're kind of like washing off everything from outside and you're neutralizing yourself so you can come into this event you know, neutral and not, yes. you know, and not can't have all that charge in your yeah. field. So I think that would be, you know, pretty, pretty cool. You know, before anybody gets on an airplane. Oh gosh. Yeah. You know, or trains. <laughs> I mean, I like, let's everybody calm down. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> calm down. Oh my gosh. What about in schools? Okay. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. yes absolutely. I, I'm really passionate about helping children and with the um, sound healing or just vibrational sound therapy I just to me it's a tool to help them to become more mindful so I'm always thinking like oh what if this were in schools and how would that like that would help the teachers so much because the kids wouldn't just they just be in a calmer state and I just I have so and much the teachers being able to use them themselves exactly too, they can be that rock that they need exactly. to be exactly and I just have so much compassion for the students like coming in um, 
you know, they've already may have had like a really rough morning and we expect them to just like sit down and learn for nine hours or yeah. So it's just it's so many cool potential opportunities for you and the laser in the future. I'm excited to follow, continue to follow it. Well, thank you. And thanks for your support over the years. It really means a lot. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, you mentioned some something cool I wanted to know more about. You said some bio biogeometry on homes and you've done some pretty wild things. I'm of course that's like, huh? What? what? Tell, what tell me more. Um, so biogeometry has just hit its 50th year. Dr. Ibram Karim, he's an Egyptian architect um, who had stu started studying the energy of space. Okay. So the energy of a room, kind of like feng shui, but more uh, based based in Egypt and the, the Egyptian temple science. So he's developed, um, started working with different pendulums, which um, that have different shapes. And so the shapes of the pendulum, um, just like the different antennas that we have that are specific for tuning into AM or FM radio or tuning into microwaves, they have a different structure. Same thing with these pendulums. If you're looking in, at different things, you it would have a different shape pendulum, which I thought was pretty fascinating. Um, and then the the length of the string that you on the pendulum that you use is based on wavelength, which hmm. is the way that they describe it, which is actually you know pretty mind blowing. But the more work that I did with these these tools, the more I recognize you know. The power that these instruments had so for example they have um, pendulums that allow you to find um, geopathic stress so there are grids that have a lot of the research has been done in germany on geopathic stress on what they call the hartman lines the curry lines and the banker lines and they're actually grids they're about five to eight feet apart so that person laying on a bed at some point that's going to cross your bed somewhere so when I was taking the class, I happened to be in where my childhood bedroom, where I could see that the line where it was cutting across was exactly where I had broken my leg when I was 18. Wow. So like I mapped all the grids and then I put it and then when I laid down on the bed and I saw that line going through, I was like, wow, that was where I had a weak spot. Wow. <laughs> broke it. So that was pretty mm -hmm. mind blowing. But, you know, and practicing you know, how to do this. I was just traveling and I was at a friend's house and I was like, Hey, can I check and see your bed? Cause they say, if you can, you know, do anything at somebody's house, you know, their bed is the first place that you want to go. Cause they lay there for eight hours every night. Well, his wife had just passed and, um, and I had first met him from his first wife who had broken her left hip and she never really recovered. Um, and so when I was mapping the bed, there was like two, the, uh, Hartman grid and the Curry grid overlapped on where her left hip would be wow. in the bed. And so he remarried and the new wife, the one that had just passed away, she had mobility issues. Like as when she moved in, she wow. had a hard time, like starting to get to the kitchen, then to the living room, then to the bathroom. And then she was pretty much done. Wow. And, um, and so once I showed him these grid crossings are right there, anybody sleeping in that spot is going to have some left hip issues. And then there was a line going through his back where he said, and he said, I do have some kidney pain. Hmm. So I was able to kind of correct those grids and, and, you know, uh, and I've done that for other friends as well, who were like, we sleep 10 hours, you know, people who had had to wear sleep apnea machines after correcting some of those grid lines underneath their bed, they don't have to use the sleep apnea machine anymore. Um, wow. There's somebody I had been tuning quite a bit and had been working on their thyroid. And when I finally checked her bed, there's a line going right across her thyroid. Wow. I was like, wow, so, no, you know, every, I keep tuning you, but you keep laying on this, this like grid line every night. So that's been really fascinating you know i like to study you know invisible things things that you can't see but you're you know they're affecting you and the german research that they have done is you know they would hook people up with eegs and they'd be mapping their brain and when they would have them go like stand over one of these grid crossings and it would cause the brain waves to scramble hmm. you're watching this like these like lines these waves going and then they scramble hmm. 
uh, you know, and I feel like a lot of people have had that experience where they're, you know, walking through their house and they cross probably one of these <laughs> crossing points and they're like, wait, what am I doing in here? Like their whole breath, <laughs> what's happening? Never yeah. happens to me. Never. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd be surprised. And I, I watched a friend of mine do that twice. Because once I took this class, I, I've looked at the world so differently now. And um, and so she was telling me something and she walked past this point and she forgot what she's like, what was I going to get? And so I was like, oh, that might be a spot. And then like <laughs> she kept walking, whatever, walking and whatever. And she came back to that spot and she and she lost it again. I was like, oh, my God, there's a spot right here. <laughs> there's got to be, you know, so it's it's been a really fascinating class and um learning you know corner principles things that you can put in the corners of your properties and and how that can change things it's it's been really fascinating um, really the shapes of different things like the shape of the womb that um that that emits a particular the egyptians were specialized in the resonance of shape that shapes also have a resonance so whether it's a pyramid or a sphere well the womb it it resonates what they call the higher harmonic of gold, hmm. higher harmonic of ultraviolet, and what they call horizontal negative green. And negative is in like negative ions, like charging, like as a beneficial. Um, and so women have this kind of trio of energy. And what they find is at these sacred sites, and, and by sacred sites, I mean like um, like the energy within a stone circle. Like why would people like take some stones and mark out, you know, this circle and the energy inside had this trio of energy. Um, so women are walking emitters of this just by having that shape within themselves, which I think oh. is pretty cool. That is cool. So aside from the pendulums, is, is that how you, you said how you find them? You use a different pendulum to find those lines? To find the grids, like, uh, so curry grids, the endings have particular lengths. And so like an antenna, it's if you're looking at a curry grid, it's going to be this long. If you're looking at a banker grid, it's going to be this long. And you tune the dial into it. So it's very specific. And so it's like the pendulum will swim back and forth. And then when it finds that energy, it's like it hits that, like the loop and the wave, and it'll start to circle. Okay. And based on like how big it's circling or how fast it's circling can give you a little bit of feedback on the energy that's in that space is it like barely moving it hmm. or is it like gonna come out of your hands intense um and then you start to see like you know well, have you been sitting over that kind of energy you know if it's you know that bad you know or and how can we fix it and so it's a class where you learn like how to use a hammer how to use the saw how to use all of these things and then you go and build and do whatever you want to do you've got these pendulums to test okay well if I do it like this you know is that going to be better no okay what if I'm going to move it back here so you've got the tools and the instruments to be able to you know really test your work and have other people test your work as well it's not just like I did this invisible thing <laughs> and everybody's like oh wow you yeah know, people can test and make sure and be like yeah you did do it you know you did clear that that banker grid or you did fix that line or huh. that type of thing it's really like I said, it's changed the way that I look at the world and it's, um, they have different bio signatures is one of the things that they also have. And these are basically energy flows of, um, you know, like energy flowing through an organ and it kind of brings that energy flow into that organ. I had my, a niece of mine, she kept being nauseous she kept being sick and so I looked up the one for the stomach and I took a sharpie and I drew it on her stomach and she stopped you drew know, it getting... with a sharpie that's like kind of like it with a sharpie like reiki symbols would you say they are or um, different I'm not sure I'm have I I'm don't I'm not familiar with all of the reiki symbols but okay I will say I was changing the sheets on the bed and I saw that that symbol was stitched in the top of the mattress i mean well over 100 times so i'm like whoever has designed the mattress knows biogeometry because this is the symbol for rest and digest like oh, when people wow. are resting they're going to have their stomach worked on and that's going to make this mattress even better i was like oh my god but so there's other so you're like okay well i know that these people who have built this thing know and so there's certain other things where you know going out into the world and i'm like they must have taken biogeometry too because they built this into the corner <laughs> so it's yeah. uh, pretty fascinating and 
looking at crown molding and uh you know corners and how the you know these angles you know affect the body it's it's been pretty fascinating that is so fascinating yeah. is there anything that um like personally i or other listeners can do in their home without some of these tools to help create a better biofield for our space um, I would say clean out the corners of your rooms. Okay. So the energy in the corner will project into the center. So if you want to have, um, you know, you can have a plant. If the plant is like thriving, it's like life. You know, you're going to have that like growing life into the center of the room. If the plant's dying, then that's not going to be what you want to project into the center of the room. Huh. So if you have plants, make sure. And they're in the corners of your room. You want to make sure that they're like vibrant and light and like, you know, make sure that they're, they're watered. Um, and sometimes I put different stones. I know indigo gabbro is a stone that doesn't have to be clean, but it also helps with these geopathic stress lines. Huh. So those are things that I've kind of, if you don't, if you don't have the pendulum, you can't, you know, figure out where, you know, you don't know where it is, but if you put them in the corner, then that can help project the energy into you know, the overall space of, of the room that, that can be a powerful thing. And whether it's raw or in different shapes, whether it's a sphere or a pyramid of indigo gebro or, you know, whatever you feel inspired, but I like that one because you don't have to clean it. Yeah. That's nice. You know, you don't have to like put it in the sun or wash it in salt water or bury it or anything like that. You know, it's kind of self self-cleaning and cleans. Nice. So excellent. Something you could do. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um, cool. One more. I think there's time for one more question. Um, Let me share a little bit more about the cap that I use. Yes, with please. So um, this is based on the work of Dr. Peter Garyev. What he was doing was shining a laser through salamander uh, larva onto frog larva and turning the frog larva 100% into salamander larva. Wow. So, and then he would also take like a vial, it's got DNA in this vial and nothing in this one, shine the laser through that one into this one, and it would carry that information. So it acted like, like a carrier wave for, for whatever um, the laser was passing through. So it's similar, like a radio station, it's a particular frequency, but the song that's playing on the radio is riding that wave. So the laser would be like the radio station and then whatever you put in front of the laser is going to be the songs that are going to be carried on that radio station if that makes sense yeah um, <clears throat> so i like to put you know you can put whatever you want to in the cap i've just made it to where you know you have that freedom to put what you want some people will put um, supplements that they have in here instead of necessarily taking them chemistry wise they were taking them more physics wise wow. um, also like to use a lot of crystals and gemstones this is a stone called euphorolite okay. it's from the black hills in south dakota where i'm from it okay. has a lot of quartz in it and again quartz is an amplifier um, and then it also has uh, tourmaline and mica and meteorite in here so i like to put that in the cap and then um, you can put i also like raw rubies um, those have a particular shape and geometry built into their stones and so then it the cap attaches to the end like with magnets so you can put that on and attaches like a magnet and then you can have whatever you want to be able to be passing you know through the cap and into the body so this allows people to you know have a little bit more freedom of what they how they want to use this more like a physics uh way of bringing things into the body rather than the chemistry-based way of bringing things into the body peter garyev dr peter garyev um i was watching a an interview with him and dr glenn ryan who's also a, an inspiration for this work and um, they were talking about how, you know, if people, if for the pharmaceutical industry, this wouldn't be as good because, you know, people wouldn't have to continue to take the pills. They would just need to have one. And, yeah. and Dr. Garyev started laughing and he said, ha ha, more dangerous in Russia. And then in 2020, he was up for a Nobel prize and he 
you know, passed away somewhat mysteriously, his friends and family thought that there was some foul play. So I was like, hmm. And then uh, last I heard, Dr. Glemrine was working for the pharmaceutical companies. So, hmm. um, you know, trying to bring this out to the people, power to the people. And um, yes, you know, it's science, you know, it's all based in physics. So, yes. And that's why I love your background and the, all the work that you're doing. And I'm so grateful to have had you on the show today. Um, mm -hmm. Tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you and where you're located. Um, well, I have a couple of websites. If you want to learn more, I've got biofieldlab.com. And I'll put a link to them at the bottom of the. And by greenlaser.com. So those are where you can find more information. My Email address is basically my name. It's Kimberly.shipke at gmail.com. Um, so email, uh, you can get in touch through the website. There's ways that you can contact me through through the websites. I also ha have Facebook and Instagram uh, with my looking up under my name. Um, and that's the best way to probably get in touch. Awesome. I can't wait to see what you continue to do, all the amazing work that I know you'll continue to do in the future. So thank you so much for being here today and sharing all of your wisdom with us. And I look forward to getting my hands on one of your lasers in the future and continuing to follow your journey. Oh, well, thank you again. Thanks again for having me and, and thanks for your support and my work. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks again. And uh, we will have to stay in touch for sure. Absolutely. Take care. Have a great day. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. This concludes our episode six of the Frequency Matters podcast with our guest, Kimberly Shipke. It has been a pleasure to host her on the show today. And thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this information, please go ahead and smash that like button down below, share it with your friends, and subscribe to the channel. Thank you so much and have a great day. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Frequency Matters podcast, released on the 15th and 30th of each month. On the next episode, I will have special guests Jonathan and Andy Goldman, husband and wife duo, international authority on sound healing and pioneer in the field of harmonics, recently co-authored an award-winning book called The Humming Effect. Frequency, 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 frequency matters. 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 matters.